Hello and welcome to the next episode of Smoke in the Industry. In this episode, we're joined by a man with his feet on the ground in the scene, James Bean. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be a guest. I'm a big fan of the show. Like I said, I used to, when I was in trim jail, I would turn you on and pull up the, the old turkey trays and start trimming up. So thanks for, for many, many hours. Thanks for listening. So what's the news in the industry for the past, gosh, year or more? Let's catch up on a few of the hot topics. So notably, we have some big corporate mids failures. The chairman of Curaleaf, Boris Jordan, told Yahoo Finance in a recent segment that the Democrats, to be honest, have been a huge disappointment to the industry. He noted that the industry is very strong and we're seeing robust growth across the United States, Europe, Latin America and Asia. However, our biggest problem is that the federal government is so far behind the popular thought process with this. With a 90% public approval rating for medicinal cannabis, this is one of the only bipartisan issues in the United States at the moment. So this does beg the question, could cannabis be used to heal the political divide? Not just via everyone smoking a doobie together, but also via the joint bipartisan support and benefits for the taxation. Any thoughts on this? Uh, no, uh, we've, we've had a bill in the Senate for the last 10 years. It gets shut down, it gets shut down. I, th- I think it's ridiculous that we didn't have any uh, major weed candidates on the bill last year. Uh, when we push the president through on that shit, uh, I, I stay out. Of, I stay out of political shit. Um, but people want to tax it want to ta- until everybody figures out how to get their cut. They're not going to make it. Um, and, and so it, there's and so there's a solution. Is it you know? And, and the states that legalized early, they, they figured it out, right? Like tax it, but okay, but that money is earmarked. This money goes to fixing our roads. This goes to, to you know, fixing our, our, our schools. Um, this goes to drug rehab. They're earmarked all their money. And so there, it's why, you know, those places have some of the best education and roads and everybody's moving there because they earmarked all their tax money. So, you know, I don't know. Until they do something, they'll do something, but it's, get your hopes up, but they've been trying to do this shit for the last 10 years. In other news, the real Slim Shady has reportedly experienced cannabis hyperemesis. Yet again, thrusted into the limelight, the fabled cannabis hyperemesis syndrome has taken the stage in full force. First described in Australia, CHS is a largely unknown disorder in etiology. However, people largely experience repeated bouts of vomiting with only relief provided by hot showers. It has been thought that neem oil residue on plant matter could be one cause of this. However, there seems to be some dispute in the literature around this. One thing we know for sure is that we will need to watch this space for more information. Yeah, I, I haven't heard about that. I didn't know about it. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm, I'm a listener about the news. I've heard of neem oil and there's been bad stuff with it, of course, but I didn't, I haven't, uh, this is what it could be, this is what it could have been the, the thing. That's it. Yeah, I only heard about it uh, a few years ago. I actually sort of had it myself, but it's an interesting one. It's new. I have to watch the space. See, see, so I know, I know Archive is allergic to weed, like he became allergic to weed. And I was like, God, that's, that's the worst thing ever. Like somebody who loves cannabis and loves plants and then he'd be allergic to them and can't be around him. It's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I think he has like allergic rhinitis and like uh, sort of hives. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was like, what? You're allergic to weed? How the hell did that happen? Not good. Yeah. It's a curse. Yeah. 
So, on the legal front, we have seen the Jungle Boys, more notably, have had a lawsuit launched against them by an employee for officially refusing to allow women in the grow-ups, as well as advertising that pregnant women would have their job status terminated. The article originally posted on Reddit to the Los Angeles subreddit seemed fairly solid in authenticity and even quotes management who allegedly said that the company is called Jungle Boys for a reason. We don't allow women in the grow rooms. Extremely disappointing if true. However, this has yet to go to court, so much speculation still exists. Yeah, so we've actually seen uh, a big uptick in women growing this year as far as sales go. Generally, it's uh, like 95% males as far as our sales go to, but this year has been uh, different and um, you, see, you, know, you see the orders when you're picking them. Right? You still pick the orders uh, at times. Um, so shout out to our distribution group. Um, but I've seen more female names on stuff. And so we've definitely seen an uptick, which makes sense. I mean, they, they, they're just, they're, they're just because they're women doesn't mean they're going to be growing things worse, right? I mean, they're going to be growing things better, but why the hell not? Is it just because it's always been like a boys club and the secretly thing and we broke the law, so they weren't into it kind of deal? Maybe that's why? I don't know, but that doesn't mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's stupid. Of course we let them in there. I mean, that's, that's just stupid. <laughs> I mean, we hope that's not the case with that. Come on now, guys, that's shit. It's 2022. Certainly, certainly. And this is also on the back of Jungle Boys having been in the news in the past few months after having been raided by the police for supposedly having outstanding fines or taxes, which they claim to have actually paid. This does highlight the power police have in being able to conduct a raid on a legal business due to perceived late taxes or invoices. However, ultimately, Ivan showed that these had been paid on time. See, so that's, so that's ugly. I mean, now we're going back to the old days of the old smash and grabs. I mean, and, oh, I mean, it get, you, get, you get into it, but the old days of the smash and grabs when California first went medical. And so the cops would come in, they would smash all your uh, all your cabinets, all your, all your display racks. They would uh, take all your weed for evidence. They take all your cash. Uh, they break all your equipment, break your surveillance cameras, smash all your weed for evidence for various purposes, and then not arrest anybody walk out and leave everybody there, everybody there and then keep all what they grabbed. So they'd smash up your business, grab all your product and leave. And come back next week, as soon as you reopen, you get a loan, your buddy helps you out, you build your cabinets back, you get your vendors to give you back some weed, pay all that off and you know, reopen. Well, then they come back and do the same thing and smash your cabinets and break your shit, take your stuff and nobody gets arrested. And they do this enough times that you finally stop opening the doors because you can't afford to anymore. And so a lot of California, this has happened, a lot of people. And so a lot, of, that's why a lot of original people in California who were really good and had a good heart about them, eventually got pushed out of the way because they got their shit taken from them so many times they couldn't take it anymore. And so then other people had an easier way to get into the California market. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, so it's not new, it's not surprising, I'm sure it's not having its first mash and grab. Um, the cops are always going to do it. And, and if you're a bigger target like Jungle Boys, you have, you know, uh, many, many, uh, we're doing as good as you are. You've got to make sure all your eyes are dotted and your teeth are crossed. You guys, many cameras, you got people looking at you, especially if you got lawsuits and shit. You got to make sure you're doing your shit right. Well, sadly, in related news, it's actually emerged that the founder and CEO of Glasshouse Brands is actually a former police officer. Kyle Kazan, who according to the Torrance Police Department website, advertises himself as a specialist in gang and drug identification and eradication. 
Is this a sign of the times? A man who spent the golden years of his career putting our fellow farmers behind bars has now started a company and is profiting off the backs of people who he himself put in jail. Kyle Kazan, confirmed piece of That's just really, really ugly. Like, I, that's really, yeah, that's really fucking ugly. Uh, and it, like, who let him in, right? Like, who who partnered with him or who gave him the great idea or who fucking backed his play or who was the Chad that, that let the Chad in? I mean, God damn, that's, that's just bad. Tough one to accept. That's why we need to be vigilant friends. A sign of the times, however, we saw a post put up by Ben of Emerald Mountain Legacy showing a text he receives from an unnamed individual which says, Hey, I need a pound of amazing quality depths. No seeds. 250 pre-tax max. Can you help me out? Truly speaking volumes of where our industry is at in regards to the market being absolutely flooded with mids. Sadly, what we have seen is that as the bottom falls, it drags the top end with it. Many others receive this text message apparently. However, sadly, this seems to be par for the course in the industry at the moment. I've heard the bottoms dropped out of it and it's it's hard and it's bad, but uh, I, I would have taken it for 300 with seeds. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's uh it, it, it's rough out there times are times are hard and, and if people just if each mega facility that comes online kills out 30 little farmers right um, it wasn't uh especially in california it wasn't everybody, everybody thought the bill was supposed to design do this this and that i'll tell you now as i've always told you from day one recreational will kill medical period in some more upbeat news the Emerald Cup results have recently came out. The top place, none other than Melonade by Connected California. Shout out to Ted and the crew for putting in some fantastic work there and taking out the top prize. However, surprisingly, second place, Super Lemon Haze. Who would have thought? It even bested Connected's other offering, Biscante, which came in at third. Who would have thought Super Lemon Haze eating a whole bunch of hype strains? Well, it just comes back to it. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that uh, lemon's terpy. Uh, hazes are, are hitters. Um, sometimes in today's market, I think that people get behind the hypey strains and the purple, you know, maybe like a purple punch, maybe that's been alleged to look pretty and smell good, but not really get you stoned. Um, and so I think that some of these lighter weight strains that don't pack quite the punch that do and, and when I say pack the bunch, I'm not talking 30 plus THC terps, right? I'm talking total cannabinoid effect, right? Everything, the whole the whole thing with the plant, not just THC, the whole the total cannabinoid effect. Uh, and you get some of these strains like the puck, which just nail you in the dirt. Like I think that some of these new smokers, if they smell, if they smoke like a puck, it would just put them out. It wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, and so I'm not I'm not surprised. I like I like hazes. It takes a little bit longer to grow, but I like a haze. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, to take us back a little bit, in 2021, Berner announced that he had a new film project in the work called PAX, presumably a storyline based somewhat around his life or the collective experience of growers around the time of the early 2000s in the Bay Area, trying to hustle. We're not fully told the backstory, but we know that the backdrop is Northern California, and he says that it's an area where much of history has played out and many untold stories have gone down. We have since 
yet to see anything about this being over a year later. The question is, do we ever expect to see Burner's packs come to the big screen near us? You know, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to go here on this, but, you know, maybe we suppress it. Maybe, maybe you know, things don't come to light because we don't want them to. It's been heard that maybe the guy who did the cookies has been paid off not to come forward. So maybe, you know, we don't want these stories told. Maybe we look at things in history and say, you know what, I don't know that. I think I was such a bad aspect then, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I know, you know, maybe, you know, so that's one of the funny things about weed is that people got for years and years you were able to grow this magical thing and you were the coolest motherfucker in your town and you would make all this money and you could crush your competition because you were the only guy that had this great strain that you got say from uh say you got it from uh uh, uh Bubba, right you met this guy on the internet Katsu Bubba, and you, you dm'd him or hit him up in a chat room he sent you this cut of Katsu Bubba, right which made you the coolest guy in town selling it crushing it and you told everybody that you made that because you know who's going to beat this guy right this catchy bubble guy no one's going to meet him so you told everybody you made it well 20 years later you've lived this legacy and it comes to light that you didn't make it this catchy bubble guy sent it to your mail well now you've lived this other story and told this other story and so now it's not as cool as you once were and so i think that sometimes when things come to light and they're not the story that really they should have been it's not what we want to see I mean, on a not-too-dissimilar topic, Inspector of CSI has dropped some gems recently on his Instagram. Notably, his massive Skittles S1 Fino hunt, and one post particularly caught our eye. He says, Skittles S1, number 97 for breakfast, round two. This one seems a bit stronger-headed, and the flavour is a little more like the green sherbet cut. Skittles has long had a controversial history regarding its exact lineage, and while the results of Phylos show Skittles to be a Sherbet S1, that theory has long been cast aside in favour of the Great Bape, Grapefruit, and a little something extra theory. Inspector's comment does stimulate us to wonder, could Skittles possibly be a Sherbet S1? I, I wouldn't be surprised. See, people like Inspector and uh, Bob Hemphill, they're, kind of, they're nerds, right? They, they can reverse things and see where they came from. And I, it never really made sense to me, but now it does. They could, you know, by reversing things, you see what made them or what they come from, what their possibilities were. Because if you're trying, if, if the if the legend is that this and this made that, and you reverse it and that isn't even in this and this, well, then there's no way that that could be possibly it, right? It, it wasn't in, it, there's no way. It could, wouldn't have those traits to start with. There's no way those traits could come out of it. So it's clearly not, we can, we can eliminate this one and that one because they're not in there. So, and those kind of the guys that do it. So. If CSI says that, I'm, he does more work than I. And if he's got pictures to prove it, hey, prove it otherwise. Because I, I know the lineage isn't out there. If you did it, you could do it. Again. My thing about strain, if you did it, there'd be a male. If you did it, you could do it again. But you didn't, so you can't. And there's not. Some interesting thoughts there. And I mean, while we're on the topic of Inspector, he also actually put a post up not long ago where he talks about how all the strain names are taken. He says, look, I held a competition to determine the name for a new strain I made, crossing Sour D to Mendo Perps. And the winner was ultimately chosen to be called Greasy Grapes. However, as it happens, this name is now being used by another breeding company. And if that didn't nail the point home, 
It also turned out that upon further research, there was actually another company who'd taken it before Inspector did, just sort of slipped through the nets of the initial search, which he did make clear that he does try to do before naming each strain, tries to do his due diligence, make sure the strain name's not currently in use. So, it begs the greater question, which is that, what are we going to do about good names? There's only so many good names. Are we going to eventually end up requiring people to register names? I bet you someone will introduce some sort of blockchain functionality. Instead though, I'm thinking we need to do something about the names that have been used in the past but are not currently active. Maybe we should have a good grace period where Australian names active in the community and after a certain number of years, if no one's actively using a cut of that strain, the name comes back up to grabs. Not necessarily a definitive solution, but we do need to start thinking about something going forward. The other perspective is, is that naming strains needs to get more inventive. And there's certainly food for thought in that approach as well. What do you think, Mr. Bean? So to your, to your moratorium on certain strain dates, just because it's no longer active doesn't mean that that person doesn't still have it, right? Like uh, skunk is not currently active. But if there's a guy who's got it, I want that shit bad, right? <laughs> but he's not active, and so we can't we can't take that name from it. It's been named. Uh, I, I think we're going to get to the point where, you know, like, like I feel sorry for today's kids. Why? Pick an email name. <laughs> like I'm, I'm James. It's easy now. You can't be James at Gmail. You have to be James five seven seven five nine seven five five at Gmail. Right? There's nothing nothing cool is is left anymore. Same thing goes with names. Nothing's cool left anymore. I used to ask obsolete. I used to get these packs and just be cross with cross. I'm like, hey, what, you know, what's the name? He's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't know? He's like, I don't, I don't care. He's like, it's not a, I, it's not, a, it's, it's not about the name, right? He's like, it's, it's, it's this cross with that. And I'm like, yeah, but I gotta give it a name. Like people want a name. I need, there's a name title. I gotta call it something. He's like, well, call it whatever you want to. He's like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, it's not, it's this cross with that. Uh, the new Doctor Flay's line we have coming up here shortly. I noticed with his, with his, with his releases, it's just this cross with that. It's not about a name. It's it's about, you know, what's inside of it, so to say. So we're going to run into it. And breeders get very upset, too, when you take their names. I've been I've seen some some, some heated battles uh, that have gone down, which have been hilarious because because the other party clearly didn't know. You know. Some shots have been have been taken and those are funny, but uh, some people clearly didn't know and people get that shit. But, but, but you get known for it for for a certain something you build up that reputation and somebody wants to come and take it from you or take that take that take your clout so i say you've worked hard for it you're gonna piss you off you're like you can't be see i, I would have called that one strain you know purple d right <laughs> but how that one's taken that's you gotta be an obvious yeah so you start to run out interesting stuff while we're on the name game notably a bit over a year ago now skittles the corporation versus Turpog trade infringement went down. In an interesting turn of event, the Turpogs have actually lashed out, expressing many a sentiment such as, we created the hype around Skittles and the name Z. You all just use the name Z and don't credit us. Which is kind of an interesting way to handle this issue. In the words of Mr. Bob Hemphill, that's certainly not how I'd be reacting to that situation. As our friend Sungrown Mids wrote in his article published on the Bearded Bros breeding series, from Mario to Disney to hardware glue to the candy aisle, these companies ain't fucking around. 
and they're, and they're definitely coming from it. So we saw this happen in Oregon, uh, Washington in the early years. And you, you know, initially you, you can't aim shit at children. You can't name things candy. Um, you, you know, it, it goes back to uh, Joe Camel, right? Like you can't, you can't have a cartoon character selling cigarettes. It makes it cool for kids. Now nobody's smoking, right? Because there's no cartoons anymore. So you can't aim stuff at kids. You're always you're going to come for that. Like Cinderella '99, its days are numbered. You don't think Disney's waiting to come for that shit? Like cannabis get big enough? You don't think they're coming for it? Like if I flip to look at my crystal ball, depending on how long it plays out, if I'm if I'm going to be a trader, you know, trademarks are going to get named. And, and if you're going to use my strain, you got to use my damn strain. You got to make sure it's my strain. You can't just say it's this. You got to be certified this. Um, that's going to be an expensive route to where eventually companies are just not going to name things. They're just going to have, they're going to break it down by calm and pure and energy. And it's just going to be these different types of blends that you're just smoking. And it's just going to become like, you know, it's like how many apples did there used to be? 200. Now there's nine. And so I think that just eventually through trademarks, through naming, through stuff and, and through the name game, through not being able to come up with something, you know, Unfortunately, these things will run themselves out and we are lucky to be part of a good time where we can still experience all these different things and grow them and have the diversity. Because, you know, I'm sure there's some of those 200 apples that we lost that I think were probably pretty cool. They just lost out. They were just not part of the status quo. Yeah, definitely, definitely. In some recent news coming out of Darkheart Nursery, head molecular biologist Richard Philbrook has announced that they've isolated a natural triploidy as well as detected that the MAC1 cutting is in fact a triploidy itself. It's thought to be the reason associated with the MAC1 sterility in populations. However, many know that MAC1 is actually capable of receiving pollen. It's just much harder than the normal plant. This might sadly hamper the idea of developing a cutting that is totally unable to be pollinated. Thus facilities that want to grow mids and not worry about herming still have something to worry about as it has been shown that even a triploidy plant is capable of producing seeds. This is good news however because it puts to bed the much held wives tale that any plant with world phylotaxy i.e. three nodes is triploidy. Either way, interesting to find out that the MAC1 is triploidy, as well as a particular cutting of Hades OG that the Dark Heart Nursery has found and shown through molecular testing to also be triploidy and reduced ability to be pollinated. Oh, I thought it meant like, like triploid had like three things. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's where this confusion came from. Pe- People read the word triploidy, saw plants with three nodes on them and thought that's it, but they're actually very different. But yeah, interestingly in modern agriculture, they use this technique of creating a triploidy to reduce seeds being in it. So if you've ever had a seedless watermelon, you can thank triploides for that. So last time I heard Breeder Steve talk, and I like listening to that guy talk, he's a who. Um, he was, or has this locked down. And it's not through CRISPR, it's through reversing and through reversing plants he says like six or seven times that that just they, they're harder and harder to go and so he just keeps working their way out and he's talked about it but it was how how it's got you know how it's got real world potential and how you know growers on a giant scale and outdoor crops this serves them if if, if a male or a herm gets loose in a big facility that's going to cross the grower how much money or the facility how much money of that ruined crop and so how much would they then pay to have that guarantee that that would not happen 
and, and looking at it on a, on a dollars and cents line, because that's what when you get bigger companies, it's what you do because it's insurances and shit has to pay the bills and it's all got to add up. We look at that on dollars and cents line, it makes sense to bring in something that's triploidy because then you don't have to worry about ruining a crop with seeds and you're just going to start it from siege on the next crop. We're just going to start from cuttings anyways. And so you definitely don't want these to get loose or have any, have any harms on you. So unfortunately, from a larger crop standpoint, it has its place. Most certainly, most certainly. Moving on to our last topic for this smoke in the industry, it has recently been revealed that Chris of Compound Genetics has said that he was actually not financially compensated whatsoever for the crosses he's done for cookies. He went on to say that cookies as a policy do not pay people they collaborate with. They instead offer exposure through their branding and marketing. An interesting turn considering Compound is one of the more in-demand breeders in the industry and certainly a pivotal talking point considering in many other industries such as uh, graphic design and the creative industries, the idea of work in exchange for exposure is strongly frowned upon and said that it does not help someone to pay their bills by just offering them exposure. It begs the question, at a certain level, does that go out the window? Is cookies big enough that they don't need to pay any of their collaborators? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get shot one of these days, I tell you, so I gotta, I gotta watch this. <laughs> you know, did they make it in the first place? Did, you know, let's, let's rewind the ball. Did they make what they're originally selling, right? They are a marketing firm, they're a giga, you know, uh, uh, Burner's best thing to do is hire his friend who's, who's a huge marketing major. Right? They come up with t-shirts. I'm guilty. I bought a t-shirt. I, I helped aid his addiction and, and propel him to where he's at now. They're, they're, they're a t-shirt company that's done good, so to say. They didn't, they're not breeders. They, they, they tried that. We all saw Candy Rain. Um, I, I don't I don't know for why Chris would probably say that. Um, I know other breeders that I've dealt with under the cookie label told me that they get uh, taken care of handsomely. And so what that difference would be, I, I don't know, but I, I do know that, uh, that, that can't be the case because the other, the other company I'm thinking of is not one to work for free. It would be against their, it would be against this person's, I think, from what I know of this person, it'd be against their, uh, their whole self to ever do anything for free. And so I, I, I don't know that that's that's the case. I don't know why Chris would say it if it's not, but uh, but yeah, I know another previous brand that's that's. I will put dollars to dimes. They're getting paid because there's no way he's doing that shit for free. There you go. Some strong words from James Bean. Bit of inside information there. So, and you shouldn't and you shouldn't do shit for free. Like you should you should get rewarded for what you do. We all work. We all have to come up on it. Yes, you know we get opportunities, but those opportunities we still have to eat all the time. So, um, you know. So that's it for Smoke in the Industry, May 2022. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, my, my opinions are just that. They're my, my solely my opinions. Do not listen to them. Do not take them. They, they actually, I think they're saying this is not financial advice, but grow some seeds. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. We'll catch you for the next one, friends. Thanks for joining us, Smoke in the Industry, May 2022.